Welcome to Two Brothers Review. This week we're going to be talking about the new Marvel movie Thor Ragnarok. Uh, But before we get into that, we want to do our opening section where we just give you a recommendation from a movie category uh, for what movies that Ty and I enjoy. And this week, uh, much to Ty's chagrin, we're going to be doing our favorite romantic comedies. And... Ty wanted to steal mine, so we're going to have him go first. I wanted to reserve the option to steal. I guess I'm going to say The Family Stone. That's a romantic comedy. Uh, I feel like that was a previously recommended movie. and That's not allowed? While we didn't have ground rules in this podcast <laughs> charter, uh, making a ruling right now that we're not going to allow repeats. Okay, fine. I was able to tolerate Hitch. I remember thinking two weeks' notice was not horrible. Okay, so Ty may not be the biggest romantic comedy fan. It's going to be hard for me to give you any detail beyond that. Uh, I think my favorite romantic comedy, the one I think works every time I see it, uh, still really adorable, is You've Got Mail. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan at their peak. Uh, Dave Chappelle providing some pretty weird comedy relief uh, and just very cute. So uh, I recommend that if you're looking for a romantic comedy this weekend. Okay, cool. So probably, you know, ask a girl out, Ty, (laughs) like, let's watch a movie. (laughs) Uh, I, I famously took a girl on a first date to the Rape of Nanking, which was a documentary film about the Rape of Nanking. And it was a mistake. Uh, Was it a last date also? (laughs) No, we dated for six months. Oh, okay. But but we were walking out of the theater, and it was silent. (laughs) And after a while, after a few, like two blocks, I think, I, I like turned to her and I said... I'm sorry, that wasn't the best movie. And she then we were like like another block. She was super quiet, and she's like, "Yeah, that wasn't the best movie yeah. <laughs> T- to go on a date to." Okay, uh, that just sounds like Ty to me. <laughs> so <laughs> seems very appropriate. Uh, let's transition to the movie this week, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, this is a movie that I saw the opening weekend, and I think, Ty, you saw this last week. Yeah. Coming out of it, I was just really pleased with the tone and kind of the joke frequency, and I thought kind of the joke quality was really high, uh, and I really enjoyed this movie overall. How did you feel about it? I uh, didn't enjoy it as much as you, it sounds like. I uh, had a hard time. Not a hard time. I mean, it was fine. It just felt very much in the vein of modern superhero movie movie where they're trying to, you know, have a joke a minute and and be kind of ironic and hip. And I don't know. I, it's just not my favorite thing. I think that I did notice it near the end when... Thor and his sister are fighting and she was also kind of dropping one-liners between every uh, exchange and attack and it felt like it was a little bit too much at that point but through the first hour and 15 to hour and a half of this movie I 
I was really enjoying it and laughing. And uh, my wife, Remy, does not like movies as much as I do, and she came with me. And she was laughing through this movie and did not fall asleep, which is a win. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. (laughs) I think if we're talking about kind of the direction and tone of this movie, it was a pretty big shift from the other Thor movies where they were a little bit more serious and, you know, Chris Hemsworth as Thor seemed uh, pretty stiff where in this movie he was much i think much more comfortable or fluid Uh, i think it has a lot to do with the kind of the directing uh, as well as the writing that was put together by uh taika waititi yeah i mean i think i think chris hemsworth is a super funny guy and i think he got to go all out on that in this one i thought i thought he was great he was fun to watch yeah, and I think the kind of the dialogue, the smaller moments in this movie between uh, Chris Hemsworth and the the Rock character, or um, Chris Hemsworth and <laughs> no, you didn't like the Rock character. I, I'll talk more when you're done. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> between Thor and Bruce Banner and, and Hulk. Uh, I just thought the conversations were were pretty funny, and I I enjoyed kind of those smaller moments between the bigger set pieces, like the fights and, you know, interactions on on the grander scale. I think some of the actors were very grounded. Like, I thought um, the Hulk Bannon was great. Just his kind of being in awe or being confused felt very real, and I like that. Um... But yeah, there were not very many of those characters in this movie. I thought that were, that were very grounded. I thought it could have been more. Um, I think I think that would have just added, even to the comedy, but also to the magnitude of the fighting and the and the stakes of the drama. So more kind of the kind of the straight man to take the comedy to the next level. Yeah, or to make it stand out more. Yeah. Well, also, I just think then when you are very dramatic, then the jokes can be better. I mean, they can be more – they can be smarter. I don't know. I guess the only example that comes to mind right away is is the insect that's pooping and the rock character super um, deadpan about it. But it's just like, eh, that's an insect pooping joke. Do you remember that part? Uh, I, don't, I guess I don't remember that specifically. Uh, <laughs> so we've hit on a... The, the, the rock guy's leaning over to the insect guy in that in that circular room. Yeah. And he's like, oh, look at that. Oh, and now you're pooping. Oh, okay. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, okay. Uh, coming out of this movie, did you have a kind of a question that you, you went to Google to answer? Well, I knew that the director had done Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see that movie? I haven't seen that one, but I saw his uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, and he also did Boy. Yeah, I, um, I haven't which, seen that either. That's my favorite one of his. Um, but I like I'm, I watched What We Do in the Shadows and I couldn't finish it. I just don't like that humor. 
and it comes across very strongly in this movie too. Did you know that the director played the rock guy? I did know that. Yeah, so it felt like he was a character from What We Do in the Shadows. And I was like, eh, this feels weird. This feels weird that this is in the middle of a uh, comic book movie. Yeah, it was very... I mean, even interacting with Thor and the other characters, it was disjointed with him, but I, I thought it worked in kind of bringing a different perspective to the comedy. And a lot of the jokes with the rock character I thought were very funny and landed pretty well. But it just doesn't feel – it doesn't feel like it keeps with the spirit of the comic movie universe. I mean they have a style. It's very established. You know? Yeah, I think it, it does change and it's not I guess like previous movies. But you know, at this point, 15 Marvel movies in, I guess I'm OK with something a little different. Yeah. I just feel like they were trying to be a lot like Gardens of the Galaxy and a lot like Deadpool. Trying too hard. You should see Hunt for the Wilder People, though. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's on my list of, of things to, to watch, so I, I definitely will get to that. It's very heartwarming. <laughs> and the the woman who's the assistant to Jeff Goldblum's character in this movie is the cop in Hunt for the Wilder People. So it's interesting to see how he's used the same actress. Um, she's, she's also it's very same comedy... You know, very deadpan, very dry. Hmm. Uh, it was funny to see her. Yeah, let's let's move on to the actors because she was one that I, <laughs> I guess, thought didn't really fit with the rest of the movie. Uh, but maybe we'll start higher up on the kind of the the casting list. I mean, we talked a little bit about Chris Hemsworth. Um, how do you? I don't know, do you think he did a good job in this Thor movie? Well, yeah, I mean, I think he did what the director wanted, and it had that more of that humorous side. And But I don't, I, yeah, again, I don't think it would have been a horrible thing if he, he would have stuck to the same Thor who's not kind of ridiculous and frivolous. If he would have stuck to that more and, and been mo- more coherent, or what's the word, consistent across movies... And kind of let the, let the comedy come from him reacting to the people around him or being in those situations. Yeah. Yeah, I bet, I bet it was, you know, partially... I, I would think he drove some of that desire to show his comedic ability or to have a change. And, you know, just besides the other two Thor movies, playing that character in other, other movies probably gets tiring and would, he would want to switch up. And I think this is, you know, a good opportunity to try something new. I don't know. Have you seen him on Saturday Night Live? Oh, no. I didn't know he did a Saturday Night Live hosting. He's pretty funny. And he's hilarious in Ghostbusters. In a, yeah, in a pretty small Ghostbusters role, right? He doesn't have a lot of screen time. Uh, no, but you don't need a lot of screen time to steal the scene. <laughs> the best. <laughs> he did a lot with uh, with the time he had. High uh, usage rate. And he, and he ends up being the guy at the end who's – I can't exactly remember how it ends, but I remember he's there leading a dance on top of a building yawning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean he's key at the end of the movie. That's all I'm saying. Um, all right. So other actors in uh, Thor, you know, Tom Hiddleston is Loki coming back and interacting. Uh, I, think, I think he does a good job kind of being that mischievous, kind of snively person. I don't know. How do you think he does – 
Oh, he's so good. I freaking love Tom Hiddleston. I could watch him all day long. He's so good at, at towing that line between you hate him, but also um, he's deep and he's interesting, and he's got a like a surprise up his sleeve. Yeah, I think he does a great job uh, in the Loki character, and they uh, kind of got lucky with that casting. I think you could mess that situation up. Yeah, he's. I love watching him. I think he's such a good actor. All right, the one I am most kind of excited to get to is Jeff Goldblum as the kind of the Grandmaster character on the planet. Hmm. You know, I thought he was just so odd and strange in that role. You know, there's a kind of the moment when he's talking about, you know, how he how old he is, but he still kind of looks good. And then he just he does this little thing with his face, and he he just looks at Loki and Thor. And I, it's so I thought it was so funny. Do you like seeing Jeff Goldblum in, in a role like this? Yeah, I love him too, and I think he did good. For me, it suffered from the same problem where it felt like he was just trying too hard and forcing it, and I didn't like how contrived it was. Um, but he's fun to watch, and yeah, I mean, I like seeing him do his thing. There's no one in the world like Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. All right, is there um, any other people you want to really cover So like, you know, did a good job or were off the mark in this movie? Well, like you said, Jeff Goldblum's assistant didn't really fit the style. I mean, that's sort of what I'm saying too, is like, it felt like he was bringing in this character with a, with a demeanor or personality that was weird and just, it did stick out, I think. Yeah. I mean, it just reminded me of like a, like a mean teacher or I I don't know, like, I mean, maybe that's what she was supposed to be. That kind of, that vein of, uh, it just wasn't something that I was very interested in or, and I didn't think kind of her, her arc was very satisfying either where, you know, she just crashes in the plane chase at the end. And honestly, I wanted her to get melted by that staff she kept trying to hand Jeff Goldblum. I thought that would have been funny. That would have been good. You know, that's true. I didn't even think of how she died. Like, I totally didn't even, it didn't even register. Yeah, and then one that, I, one that just didn't really work for me was, was Carl Urban as the kind of sleazy Asgardian who gets recruited by Kate Blanchett. And, he, you know, he goes through this kind of redemption arc eventually where he does save the people on the, the ship as they're escaping. But, I, yeah, I felt like we just either didn't spend enough time with him or it just wasn't developed enough for me to really care about that development and that change for him through the movie. Well, they, they made this really weird choice where they decided that he just would be silent in all of his scenes when he's being kind of lectured or spoken at by the, by Hella. I mean, I thought it, during the movie, I thought this is very weird. He, his only opportunity to act is to look back at her and be like, Hmm, I don't know. Make, make a, make a sad introspective face. He just became not a character. Yeah, yeah. I think he just, it wasn't compelling or very interesting for me. And I don't think he added a lot to the movie to have that, that situation. You did know he was going to pull out those American AK 47s <laughs> or whatever they were. Des and Troy. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh, you can't pull those out in the early scene and not use them it's, to save the show. It's Chekhov's automatic rifle. But I'm ching. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, Nailed it. So I think beyond the acting, you know, kind of the movie overall and how Taika Waititi did, I thought, 
you know, pacing wise, it was really good. I, you know, I think through the beginning where they interact with Doctor Strange and then, you know, Thor gets to the, the world and to the combat. I just like it flowed really well. And I think, you know, either the editing or the directing in this kind of the story overall got to their escape from that planet, you know, really smoothly. And then I think I just I didn't enjoy how the movie ended as much. I don't I don't think the last 30 minutes were very satisfying relative to the first hour and a half of the movie. What do you mean? Because you didn't like the resolution or you didn't feel like it was there was a resolution? Yeah, I just felt like the maybe it was the kind of the relationship with Hela wasn't really developed and you know, the kind of the caring about this these Asgardians when when you've only known four of them. You know, I I think I think they tried to build the tension with that those kind of group of friends of Thor that Hela kills. But I don't even I just I mean I don't I couldn't tell you their names. I don't know about them. I don't know. I just the ones that are killed when in that in that room where she enters their planet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think they were in earlier movies as kind of his like his raiding party when he would go to other worlds, but not characters that have been really developed or had much of a story. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember it all. I mean, I remember them in this movie, but yeah, I don't remember why they're important. The guy, Idris Elba, who leads the people to safety, I guess he's his friend too, but I don't remember from earlier movies what he did. He used to control the Bifrost and like get people to Asgard and from Asgard to places. So like Carl Urban took his spot. With the sword. And he was, his character was super serious and sort of stuck out to me as weird and not matching the style of the film either. Yeah, I mean, I think he also just didn't have much to do. It was for an actor who I would say is a pretty big deal and one of the best of his generation. (laughs) You know, is a lead in other movies. It was a small and kind of poorly, maybe poorly used in this, this one. Yeah. I don't know if 10 years ago he thought I should sign up for a Marvel movie and someday I'm going to get my own thing. It didn't happen. Now he's mad he didn't wait for Black Panther. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I want to be in Black Panther. You can't be a Black Panther. (laughs) There's one white bad guy. I'm working on my South African accent. I'll be ready for Black Panther 2. Okay, good. You said you liked the pacing, at least up until the last half an hour. But I felt like I feel like there are a lot of points where the story didn't make sense. Like, why does the fight between Hulk and Thor end with a blackout? You don't know why Thor why Hulk doesn't kill Thor, which by all intents and purposes should have happened, and it just blacks out and all of a sudden they're in Hulk's bedroom. That makes no sense. Uh yeah, I mean I think unless it's just Jeff Goldblum didn't want his master or his champion to lose. So he prevents Thor from winning, and then, you know, Thor is just harder to kill than one blow to the head. I don't know. There's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no logical answer, I think. I guess it's logical if exactly what they showed happened happened. I don't know. I, I hated that. I was like, that's so lazy, you screenwriters. I bet, actually, it has to do with Mark Ruffalo and Chris Hemsworth and neither one of them wanting to actually lose a fight on screen. You think the artists, the the actors' egos, are the driving force? I do. And I okay, but you can still you can still script it so that neither one wins, but it still makes sense. <laughs> and having said that, 
The Hulk definitely lost. Did he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> There's some wiggle room. I don't know. I thought for sure he lost. <laughs> and that's uh, that's why he had to do the neck thing on Thor. Right. I think he would have lost. He would have lost. Uh, but if... He was already passed out completely. <laughs> or wasn't he? He got... He got thrown around and went around the outside of the ring and wasn't getting up. I don't, I don't think this is the critical crux of this movie, but I can see it as a problem for, for you to enjoy it. It was fine for me. Yeah, and also the, the scavenger woman who was a woman fighter on Asgard before. Oh, the Valkyrie. I remember. The Valkyrie. That was super weird because I don't know anything about Valkyries, and I don't know – you know the history there and maybe this is what you're saying how the ending wasn't satisfying but yeah it felt like very weird that she was there on that glass walkway to the portal during the final fight but I don't know if she did much yeah and I I mean I think she was I had a problem with her initially and I think she got better through the movie or I was more okay with kind of her character by the end I mean I think they just tried to get you know, this other kind of character involved, and I couldn't tell if she was supposed to be, like, a love interest or, you know, if she's going to continue on in these movies. This is a, this is a Marvel movie. She's definitely going to continue on in the next movie. <laughs> and she's definitely a love interest, I would say. No doubt. All right, well, let's... I don't know, is there any other kind of things you want to talk about that you liked or, or didn't like from this movie that we didn't, we didn't hit on yet? I just didn't like the use of the Led Zeppelin song. I felt like it was just too much, too much like Guardians of the Galaxy, trying too hard, and then they used it twice, which was annoying, and I actually, I did Google that as well after the movie, and they're super proud of the song, the director thinks it's this perfect song for the movie, and for me it's just like a crutch, it felt very gimmicky. I mean, yeah, I think it comes on, and it's a good song, so it's, you know, kind of high energy, but... I agree to, to you know have it happen the second time. I thought was kind of weird, and the you know that was the big kind of sound from the trailer. And I always yeah you know, I just think you know maybe switch it up or try something else to to get that emotion going. Yeah, I agree with the song. All right, let's talk about kind of overall rating then for this for Thor Ragnarok. Uh, you know, for me, I thought it was really funny and. You know, did a good job with pacing, and for a Marvel movie, I, I enjoyed this the, as much as maybe any other I've seen. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to give this a four out of five. I thought some of the jokes were good. I loved Tom Hiddleston. I liked watching uh, Chris Hemsworth. Um, but for me, it was derivative. It was too much trying to copy other um, hero movies. So I'm going to give it a three out of five. <laughs> Man, I thought you were going to be much, I mean, lower than that. That's, based on our conversation, I thought you'd be in the two to maybe even one. I don't know. But Tom Hiddleston is re- pretty strong. I'm regretting it a little bit. Maybe a two. I'm going to come down on three. Every week we wish there was a half number. <laughs> yeah. Who ruled that out with the ground rules? It's in the, it's in the bylaws. All right, before we wrap up, say goodbye. Let's get another kind of recommendation from your kind of pop culture consumption this week. Tyler, you go first. Well, I would strongly recommend that if you haven't seen it already, 
go watch The Night Manager. Yes. Um, it, this movie, Thor, got me thinking about it again, and I loved it so much. Probably my favorite TV show of the last year that I've watched. Awesome, yeah. I thought that was so good uh, when it came out. Uh, for me, I just finished reading the book, um, An Oral History of uh, CAA, Creative Artist Agency. Uh, okay, for me, this is something that I'm excited that's coming out this week. It's a book by Brandon Sanderson in his Stormlight Archive series. So uh, these are pretty long, you know, fantasy stories. He's released two of them, and this is going to be the third book. Uh, and I just reread the first and second one this summer, and I'm really excited for the third one that's coming out this week. So Brandon Sanderson, Stormlight Archive, uh, maybe the nerdiest thing I've ever told Ty about myself. Yeah, you guys on the radio, on the podcast, can't see my face, but I am shocked. I did not know that you read fantasy. Uh, not a lot, but I do like Brandon Sanderson's writing. Interesting. If you're not ready to commit to a thousand-page book, I would highly recommend *Mistborn* first. Such, it's another series that he wrote, but I those kind of the first uh, kind of really full series of fantasy books that I read was the *Mistborn* series. They're really good, so I'd also recommend that. I'll I'll put it on my list, but probably not near the top. <laughs> I know what Ty's getting for Christmas now? No. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> I, I need things. <laughs> That's rough. Um, all right, yeah, thanks for listening this week. It's been uh, Two Brothers Review, the podcast. We talked about Thor Ragnarok. Uh, this is Reed Turley saying goodbye. And goodbye from Ty Turley. See you next week.